Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Police Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms. We hope you enjoy our discussions about the court and the legal system. Today we are talking to Judge Holly Gallagher, who is chair of the court's Mental Health and Developmental Disabilities Docket. First of all, Judge, hello. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Darren, hi, how are you? Thank you for having me here today. I hope people get the opportunity to learn uh, more about the opportunities that our court presents beyond what you see on television, reading the papers, and the efforts that are made to help people. And I think the MHDD docket uh, really does that. But before we delve into the docket, give us a brief description about uh, your legal career and what led you to become a judge. I went to law school at Cleveland Marshall College of Law, and I graduated in 1995. Before that, I had gone to school in Washington, D.C. at Trinity College, which is now Trinity University. Uh, interesting part about that is that that's where Kellyanne Conway also went to school at the same time. So uh, she was a Republican then, still is now. I was a Democrat then, probably still am now. Um, but then came back to Cleveland after being in uh, college there, worked for a year, then went to law school and um, worked full-time at first in law school and then went to part-time uh, working for the Cuyahoga County Department of uh, Health. So that's what I was doing when I was in law school. And then when I graduated from law school, I got a job with uh, Honorable Leo Spellacy over in the Court of Appeals, where I was his law clerk and wrote memorandum of law um, for him. uh, And I did that for about two years. Then I went to the Cleveland Municipal Court, where I was a prosecutor for two years, uh, prosecuting misdemeanor cases um, in all of the courts there. There's 12 courts in in that court. Uh, And then I went to um, the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office, where I was a general felony prosecutor for a number of years, and then ended my time there in the grand jury, uh, taking cases through there uh, for indictment. And then I ran for judge. So I actually ran for judge in 2003 in the city of Cleveland, and I lost that election and um, went back to the county prosecutor's office and then ran again in 2006. I was elected to my seat in 2006 and actually started my term in 2006, and I've been there since. You and I have talked in the past that uh, that early part of your career really gave you some insight and interest in working with people dealing with mental illness. I, I would I would say maybe it, my interest really started when I became a judge. But um, why did I want to become a judge? I remember being in college and having a medical issue and not being able to get the kind of medical treatment that I needed. And I thought, for some reason, I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought that it would be good to go out and help people and do things for people. I had an interest in children and and helping them along the way, and I thought law would be a good way to do that. Fortunately for me, I have a wonderful last name in Cuyahoga County, and it's not something that I take for granted. And I understand the power of the last name in Cuyahoga County. And coming back here, I decided I wanted to run for judge when I was in law school. And I don't, I don't remember any one particular thing that said I want to be a judge, but I did grow up with an uncle who was a congressman, and I really enjoyed the politics of that and growing up and seeing what he did. And when I was in college in D.C., I was really fortunate to have the ability to go and work for him a number of times in his office and and really see 
how um, government works and, and how the political system works. And so I think maybe that kind of nudged me along in, in wanting to become a judge. Let's talk about the mental health and developmental disabilities docket. What is it and why is it important? The docket itself is uh, made up of five different judges. Each of us runs our own mental health developmental disabilities docket. It came into existence in 2003, probably as a result of nearly a maybe a decade or 15 years of when we deinstitutionalized the mental institutions in the United States and where did those individuals who have mental illness go if they couldn't go to the hospital anymore and the jails and the prisons and law enforcement departments and agencies became the de facto uh, mental hospitals for the mentally ill. And that was sometime in the 1970s and 1980s. So I think, you know, over time, this is where people with mental illness landed in the in the judicial system. And that's unfortunate because they were not receiving the services uh, and the care that they needed in the community and were driven in a certain respect, to the justice system for that care. Today in the United States, there are approximately 800,000 people with serious mental illness that are admitted annually to the United States jails, and more than 10,500 inmates in Ohio prisons suffer from mental illness. More than one in five have a diagnosable mental illness, and one in 12 has a serious and persistent condition. There are 10 times as many mentally ill inmates as there are patients in the Ohio six psychiatric hospitals. And it's even more, uh, a greater percentage for women. It goes to show you that the system failed them, people with mental illness, when they deinstitutionalized the hospital system. This is the only docket in our court that has five judges. Uh, I guess my question is, do we need five judges and how many MHDD cases does each have? So we do have five judges, and the other dockets that are actual specialized dockets in our court, the two drug courts, um, there's a veterans court, there's a reentry court. I'd say the differences and the need for the five courts that we have are that with the other courts, there are exclusions or limitations on who's allowed to come into the court. So for the five mental health developmental disabilities docket, we take anybody. We take anybody from murderers to low-level felonies, capital murder, if you have a mental health issue. We don't exclude anybody based on their criminal charge. Uh, We'll take people who may start with a mandatory prison term. Sometimes it ends as a mandatory prison term, but sometimes it ends without the mandatory portion. So we're taking in a greater volume of people than the other dockets. Um, which will maybe look at you can't have a prior conviction to go in certain dockets, you can't have a higher level felony to go into certain dockets. So we take any felony level, any prior criminal record, it doesn't matter. We want to bring people into the mental health dockets. Currently on each of our dockets, the five of us, we each have approximately 200 cases, both pre-trial and um, active uh, probation cases. And that's so, solely on this docket? Solely on this docket. The, the judges who do the mental health court dockets also um, have their own normal docket. So we do mental health and we get regular cases too. And every time we take in a mental health case, we don't get rid of a case. We just take in the mental health cases. That's 200 mental health cases averaging 
pre-trial and post-conviction or probation, people who we put on probation. And is it random assignment like it would be in an arraignment room where another judge uh, recommends a case to the mental health docket and then just random assignment? Right. We follow the court rules within our own five courts. So meaning it's random assignment to the five of us, but then when the other court rules come into place, for example, if I have somebody who's on my docket and they pick up a new case, they come to me. That's not a random assignment. They just come to me. But that's generally how the court rules apply mental health court docket or just the general dockets. So. And, and let me back up a second, too, because I got a little ahead of myself. How does a person get recommended to this docket? There is no wrong door entry. The local rules for the court establish the Mental Health Court Developmental Disabilities Docket, and then those rules provide for how individuals can come into uh, our court. There's really no wrong time for a referral either. So we get cases right out of the arraignment room that have been identified with individuals who have uh, mental health or developmental disability. We can get cases referred from the bond commissioner, from jail psych, from the court psychiatric unit, which is different than the jail psych, from uh, social service agencies in the community, family, judges, prosecutors, defense attorneys, probation. Our dockets, while they're not driven by type of case or level of felony, they are driven by what the mental health issue is. So we take people who have psychotic disorders, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, bipolar with psychosis, uh, depression with psychosis. The clinical diagnosis has to be that it has to be a psychosis um, attached to the mental illness. And we have a developmental disabilities docket, and we take individuals with seven, an IQ of 75 or below. So that's how you qualify clinically. And then, as I already said, we take any, any type of felony, any level. So each of the five judges has uh, their own docket, their own courtrooms. Uh, how do you work together? What is, what is the, the teamwork aspect here? That's probably one of the best parts of having the five dockets is that we do meet on a regular basis. We try to meet weekly uh, to discuss issues that we're having on our dockets, to discuss what we want to be doing in the future. We're talking about um, innovative ways of, of, of approaching the dockets. And what's been really great over the last several years is that we have developed a protocol basically on how to handle and manage our cases. What that doesn't mean is we don't tell each other how to decide our cases, how to decide your individual case. Do you send somebody to prison or do you put them on probation? That's not the type of protocol, but how we actually manage the individuals who come through the system. We all, the five of us generally do that the same way. So when we meet on a regular basis, we discuss those issues and how to keep our courts basically similar in how they look and how they're managed. And we also bring in people from the community to continue to educate us, to continue to collaborate with community members, community agencies, the Adams Board. So we're very active and we're very active in meeting with each other. The Adams Board, for people who don't know, is? The Alcohol, Drug Addiction, Mental Health Services Board of Cuyahoga County. So we have a great um, working relationship with the Adams Board generally. So tell us a little bit about some of the cases that really resonated with you, things that you really remember being important. Every case is important, and when you go into the courtroom on whether it's on the docket, on the mental health developmental disabilities docket or the regular docket, 
I think as a judge, it's important to treat each of those individually. So what cases resonate with me? Probably the people who come in, they're the most ill and they're the hardest to uh, get back to a baseline of um, being on their medication, with housing, uh, with their services back in place, having a doctor, having a case manager. What I really love to see is when maybe I'll have had a number of experiences with an individual trying to work through problems, housing or family, getting themselves some um, parenting classes, and they come in at the end of their probation and they've done those things and they are happy with themselves and maybe their family members are there uh, and they're grateful to the court, but what I'm grateful for are to the systems and the collaboration that we have in place that makes it so individuals can be successful in whatever successful means to them. You know, not necessarily to the court. The success is not reoffending for the court, obviously protecting the community, but there's all different kinds of levels of success. And I'm not disappointed with the ones who don't successfully complete. What I think is most disappointing to me is and most frustrating is where our society and system isn't set up to accommodate all the people who are out there who need help. And um, if we can't get housing for somebody in a reasonable fashion, if we can't find them uh, services and get them out of the county jail, those are the disappointments, not necessarily the people. Is there anything that we haven't hit upon that you think people need to know about? I do think it's important that uh, the community as a whole knows that the court, the mental health developmental disabilities docket judges, first and foremost, consider their safety in the community. And then when we believe we can put somebody out in a way that maintains community safety, that you really have, as a community, a group of judges dedicated to... um, making sure those with mental illness or developmental disabilities receive the wraparound services that are needed to maintain their stability, medication, a case manager, housing, education, drug and alcohol treatment if they need it. We are a therapeutic court, which I think is different than how people perceive courts generally. We collaborate with a number of agencies, and it's, it's that collaboration with the jail, with the county executive, with the Adams Board. All of these things make a difference, and I think the quality of life for the individuals who come before us is enhanced because of the approach that the Mental Health Developmental Disabilities Docket Courts take on. We do not exclude people like many of the mental health courts do around the, around the state. Um, many of them only take the low-level felonies, fours and fives, and um, that's unfortunate, I think, because there's so many other people who could use the services that the court provides uh, with, with the uh, collaboration of the agencies out in the community. So that's what I would want people to know about what we do. Some of the things that we're doing now is we're engaged in a stepping up initiative, which is it's a nationwide initiative, and we meet with the Justice uh, Stratton, and we are trying to reduce the number of individuals in the county jail with mental illness and developmental disabilities. And just as a side note, most mental health courts in Ohio 
do not, not most of them, none of them, take developmental disability people. So we are the only court who does that and who focuses on that, and that's another uh, really important factor, I think, in, in our court. But so the stepping up initiative, uh, reduction of people with mental illness in, in the county jail, and hopefully looking for real diversion opportunities before individuals ever land in the county jail. So that's a long-term goal, but we are all committed to to really trying to um, avoid people, having people with mental illness avoid coming into the system and getting kind of caught in that system where they can't get out. And who are your other four colleagues on the docket? So the other judges who um, sit on the docket with me are uh, Judge Michael Donnelly, Judge Robert McClellan, Judge Dina Calabrese, and Judge uh, Cassandra Collier-Williams. The five of us um, work closely together. Well, Judge Holly Gallagher, Chair of the Mental Health and Developmental Disabilities Docket, we appreciate uh, your time and further insight into a program I think a lot of people really needed to know about. Thank you. I appreciate um, having the opportunity to really come out and let everyone know what the court does.